welcome to Kingwood United Methodist Church. Thank you for joining us today. Wherever you're listening from and whatever service you're listening to, we strongly believe because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, there is always more to life. I invite you to remain standing as you're able for the reading of the scripture that is found from chapter 11 of Isaiah, the first three verses. You've heard that echoed in many ways throughout worship today, but imagine that you are in captivity in Babylonia. All of your hope has been shattered. You've been taken in exile to a different country. You wonder if there's any hope, any future whatsoever. This is a word from Isaiah that is about hope to God's people, a hope of restoration. Hear now the word of the Lord. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. This is the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. You may be seated and as you are, let us pray together. Eternal God, show us your word and your covenant in your word, and your grace in your covenant, and your goodness in your grace, and your love in your goodness, and yourself in your love. And may your Holy Spirit stand between me and your people so that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together will be shaped, formed, and molded into the good news of the gospel of Christ, in whose name we have gathered, in whose name we pray, and in whose name we will depart and seek to serve you faithfully. And all of God's people did say, Amen. Amen. Friends, we once again embark on the Advent journey. So many things that look familiar to you as beautiful decorations adorn the church, poinsettias and greenery, and our hearts are set towards the trajectory of what is to become, along with the chrisman tree, in the birth of the Christ. In this time and season, oftentimes I'll tell people in the midst of the busyness, I will see you in Bethlehem. And some people look rather perplexed and they say, I'm not going anywhere. So we're all going to Bethlehem. The story is going to take us to Bethlehem. The story does every year. And the story is the exact same story every single year. And we tell the story again and again because the story has remained the same, revealing God's love and God's heart to us, but so much has changed in our own lives, in our own particular stories. And so we tell the story because Advent, we believe, isn't just a season that leads us to Bethlehem, but is a particular moment in each individual's heart. When there is an awakening to the presence that God has chosen to enter into this journey, seeks a relationship with each one of us. And how do we know that that is hope that bears out over time? It's written in the pages of Scripture to the exiles that were in Babylonia. Isaiah, throughout chapter 11, speaks words of restoration, not only restoring God's people from external conflicts, but about midway through, you will find that there is restoration and peace within the the divided Jewish kingdom itself. 
that the streets of Jerusalem will teem with joy and peace, that there'll be no more fighting on God's holy mountain, which is Mount Zion. In other words, when God's peace comes, when God's peace reigns, it just doesn't reconcile us to each other. It reconciles the whole world to God. That's the hope cradled in Mary's arms. And when we see that Isaiah reduces the entire Davidic dynasty, in other words, the dynasty of King David, to a mere stump. It is reflective of what the people must have felt. Where can hope be found when we have been carted off? And as the psalmist says, how do we sing the songs of Yahweh in a foreign land? This reference to Jesse is almost like a narrative reminder that God, of course, is not going to build his kingdom on Jesse, but on David. David, the son of Jesse, and the Messiah will come. I don't know about you, but um, have you ever tried to get rid of some bushes in your yard? When you leave today, I'm going to give you the perfect example. If you look at the Society of St. Stephen's and you look on the lake, the Woodland Hills side, you're going to see a row of trees that simply will not go away. They're not really trees, they're sort of bushes, right? And you cut them down, and you think we've got it taken care of, and what happens? Up springs another root, up springs another root. That is going to be our root of Jesse for Kingwood Methodist Church. The reminder of the season of Advent of God's resiliency. But it's also something in which we individually participate. And that whole chapter 11 is about when this Messiah comes, the whole world is going to be totally immersed in what God is going to be doing, like the waters cover the sea. And then it culminates with the verses that we know, right? And a little child will lead them. But friends, when we talk about what it means to be people of hope within the Christian journey, to let our lives be found in God's story, we are not merely optimists from a secular point of view. No, we are people of hope. The late Henry Nouwen says it this way, optimism and hope are radically different attitudes. Optimism is the expectation that things like the weather or human relationships or the economy or a political situation will get better. But hope is the trust that God will fulfill God's promises to us in a way that leads to full, true freedom. You see, the optimist talks about what will be better in the future. But the person of hope, grounded in Christ, lives in the moment with the knowledge and trust that all of life is in God's good hands. There is hope that only can be found when we place our lives in those wounded hands that will be born into Mary's arms. And to truly live with this Christian hope, it's so much more than simply being cheerful. Christian hope is the ability to face darkness and the evils of this world head on without flinching. It is to stand confidently in solidarity with those who are suffering. It is to wade waist deep into the mire and the muck of the brokenness of this world and sing rejoicingly, God is with us. How can we be helpful? It is to embrace the truth that transcends all the cultural trends found in TikTok and social media because we know that the one for whom we wait is our hope. And it is a hope that transcends these temporary hallmark kind of moments of optimism. After all, the best our culture can give to us is don't worry, be happy. But what God can give us is cradled in Mary's arms. 
is the one who will shatter death. The one who, when he comes, the lion will lay down with the lamb. The one that, when he comes, will be so confident, he will change the world so greatly that you will let your child play at the opening to where the asp comes out. Which one of us would take a child, well, I don't know, some two-year-olds maybe, <laughs> and put them in the very opening of where the den of the snake is? Nobody would, because we know the vulnerability of the child. And yet when God's reign comes, when you and I make ourselves available to what God's going to do, it's going to so incredibly transform the world that the lion will lay down with the lamb. Friends, this is the God of hope. This is the God we fold our story into. But the problem so often is we write the story of our lives and then we sort of try to fit God into that story. And oftentimes we pray for God to change. I can't tell you how often as a pastor someone will leave and I will have preached my heart out and they'll say, boy, I hope someone heard what you had to say today. I need to hear what I have to say today. I need to be reminded of the hope. Friends, in this past year, in this challenging time, I will be honest with you, when John Wesley said, I preach until I have faith and I preach because I have of it, I've lived in the former half of that in the last five months. I wake up some Sunday mornings just trying to convince myself we're going to make it. And when I get here and I see you, and I see what this church says, I have absolutely no doubt we're going to make it. When I see angels re just being taken off the tree, I'm reminded we are a people who are loved by a God who's these temporary momentary challenges in no way can compare. Or as it said, don't tell God how big your challenges are. Tell your challenges how big your God is. This is the hope of Christmas. This is the story we find ourselves in. And this is a place that I want to directly challenge you not to make this another ordinary advent. Here's how we want to do that. First, we want to be people of hope, and we're going to strongly encourage you. One, if you want for family, you can share this one per person. Um, if you've got $5, leave them. If you don't have any money, take one. We'd like to see this devotional book that begins on December the 1st in the hands of every family not some families, every family, that together on a daily basis on the journey to Bethlehem, and I'll see you in Bethlehem, that we spend time in the scriptural witness of God's unfolding love in Christ. Jesus just isn't an option for the world. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And we learn in the scriptures, especially in the words of the Old Testament, a people who were so expectant, looking for hope, that sometimes when they tried to define what that would look like, they missed who God was. We pray for a change. But are we willing to make the changes personally that embody a different life? Mandy Smith writes in a blog, a blog on leadership that I follow, and she said in a blog post on November the 17th this year, for years we've prayed for change, but this is too much at once. It feels like God has thrown us into the deep end, but by God's grace, the opportunity to swim in chaotic waters can become our invitation to learn the very skill we need in this moment. I love that imagery, right? 
that we think, oh my gosh, this is so big, I can't get this done. Congratulations, church. Step one in yielding your life fully to Christ. It's not up to you and your ability. It's up to your availability to God. And when we see the size of the challenge, it reminds us we're involved in something that we're not going to make it if God isn't with us. And if we don't give our lives to God, we're not going to make it. But God is with us. And if you think it feels overwhelming, if you think you can't reach to the depths of that change, listen to what she says, the desperation of the current disruption. And she's speaking about how has the church lost its voice and message in the culture in the world? This desperation of the current disruption holds the potential to teach us the very posture that the world needs most to see from us. An actual dependence on the power of a transcendent God. Thanks again for joining us for today's message. We will return to the sermon in a moment, but first, we would like to ask for you to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. We believe God is doing some amazing things here at KUMC. And your feedback helps our church to reach new listeners that we wouldn't otherwise be able to reach. Now, let's get back to the work. Love that imagery. That in the midst and the face of the challenge, we've got to put our trust in God. And I know for a fact, God is faithful. But we won't make it if we simply go through the motions and let Advent be a season that simply allows us to light candles of love and hope and peace and joy. But we will make it. If the light that moves to the light of Christ, that burns on the Advent candle, burns within our hearts and inspires us to look into the mirror daily to say, what is it in my life that needs a greater and fuller surrender to Christ? What is it in Advent that needs to happen inside of me in what God is doing? Where do I need to read the scriptures and be encouraged by this young teenage woman named Mary whose story that she thought she was writing for herself was entirely disrupted by an angelic visit. And at the end of that angelic visit, do you remember the words of Mary, the mother of Jesus? Let it be to me as you have said, because nothing is impossible with God. That's the hero of the faith that leads us to Bethlehem. Or Joseph, who learns to stay connected, who wanted to write the story of disrupting the relationship, but because God's grace in angelic visits convinced him, and my mother, by the way, loves to say, notice in the scripture that Mary needed one angelic visit, and she said, let it be to me as the Lord has said. But as a typical male, Joseph needed four different visits from angels. He couldn't handle the whole message. So first it was take Mary, then it was go to Bethlehem, then it was go to Egypt, and then it was come back. So, you know, when my mother really reads the scriptures, it disrupts my life. <laughs> and when we really read the scriptures, God will disrupt your patterns of familiarity and the mundane aspects. And when you read those scriptures and you see the heart of God enfolding, you will develop an Advent faith. 
Another word for Advent could be expectancy. Because we're in the season of expecting Christ. One of the great uh, sort of challenges in the life of the church is that we are supposed to be in a season of expecting the birth of Christ, and yet every song we sing in the church, we're already there. It's, it's almost impossible. And if I were to give you a quiz and say, open the hymnal in front of you and point out to me the two Advent hymns that are found there. This is one of the things that Matt and I in the choir department often laugh about, that there's only really two Advent hymns, but you've got four Sundays of Advent. What are you supposed to do? You tell the story. Advent is about you and I letting our lives be found by God's story, fully surrendering our lives, recognizing that, yes, we bring our life to a pew to sit in worship, to hear prayer concerns, to worship God, to be challenged and encouraged. But that is not the relationship. The relationship is about your response to the one who will be cradled to Mary's arms. The relationship is about you having the courage that when you don't understand things, to say like Mary said, let it be to me, Lord, as you have said. The relationship with Christ is about what you find in reading the story of Joseph, who had in his mind how everything's supposed to work out. Are you kind of like that sometimes? You've got the script written out, you've got the agenda, and something disrupts it. Do you let God take that story and transform your life? So this, uh, this 11th chapter of Isaiah, oh, I commit it to your reading this afternoon, just to pause. Just to let it capture your imagination of the word of hope. That a stump, a stump is the imagery. And from what appears to be the barren stump, a shoot, a root grows out from Jesse. Everybody would have known that that was a pointing towards David. And when we come to those moments... That Advent faith that we have, it gives us the ability to pray blessings upon the world when all you want to do is react with a curse. An Advent faith that enables you to say, God is good when you actually feel like giving up. An Advent faith that lets you rest when you want to look and feel productive and efficient. Let me say that again. An Advent faith that lets you rest when you want to look efficient and busy to the world and productive. Can you leave into those world, live into those words, be present with God and hear that still, small voice? An Advent faith that, that moves you away from your internal instincts of God, let me, get me out of here, I just need to survive, I just, I've had enough, to say, God, what are you teaching me here? Why do you want to pour me out into this moment? An Advent faith that lets you proclaim that God can provide healing when all you see is brokenness. An Advent faith that helps you look to the future of what God is bringing. On December the 11th, we'll gather right after the late service. We're already working together and saying, where is God leading us in the next 50 years? This is not accidental, friends. We didn't accidentally say, well, when does it work in the calendar? Sandwiched in the middle of Advent, we want you to begin to capture what we hear God leading us to as a congregation in the coming year. What better time to say, this is where we see God leading. This is what we see God doing in our hearts, in our lives together, than before we ever get to Bethlehem 
And some of the things that we will hope and dream will only be possible as we bring to God our hopes and dreams. It's an Advent faith that pays that helps us pay attention to the still small voice rather than the noise of the world. It's an Advent faith that helps us say, God, let it be to me in my story just as you say. I want to close with a quote in a moment from Timothy Keller. Timothy Keller is one of my favorite authors and writers. He's a Presbyterian pastor. He's actually written a new book. He's been diagnosed with cancer. It looks like it's going to be terminal, and he's writing a book on the resurrection, and he's getting real. Whenever I read Keller, I'm reminded of my own father's journey when he was, uh, received his cancer diagnosis, and he didn't know how to share it with the congregation where he was a retired pastor doing pastoral care. For all his life, he had been in the process of serving and pouring out and giving to others. Now he was going to be in a season of receiving. We were in the Holy Land. There's so many things to share with you about that amazing trip in 2010. But one of the things that we arrived at understanding is all of his life and ministry, he had taught people how to live for Christ. And when he shared that he had a terminal diagnosis and would be gone within nine months to a year, and it was just about nine months and a day, what he realized is now it's time in my final season of my journey to teach people how to die in Christ. And it transformed what was only sadness, and we still had deep sadness. But it, it wove a thread of redemptive joy in the midst of a difficult journey that only God could provide. Friends, there are things that in the midst of how we face our fears and struggles that Timothy Keller says that we need to hear. He's writing about how we tend to have all of our ideas and, and plans in place, and then something happens, and it disrupts our life, and fear grasps a hold of us. And we have to learn how to let God write our stories. This is what he says. It strikes me that at the center of the growing fear is the collapse of a story we once believed about ourselves. Leave that up there for a moment. It strikes me that the center of that growing fear is the collapse of a story we once believed about ourselves. Keller talks about the difference, especially in the Advent season, of trying to write the own script of our lives or giving our lives to God and letting our lives be folded into God's story, allowing God to write the narrative. And then we begin to listen, not what we think we believe about ourselves, but what the scriptures proclaim about who we are. Friends, in this Advent season, make sure you go by and get a book and get committed. Make sure you spend time in daily devotional asking God, where does God's spirit need to grow you? Where do you need to stop trying to write the story of your life Give the pen to God and let God write the seasons and stories of what it's going to mean for you to be faithful. Where do you need to live into that Advent kind of faith? Let's pray together. God, forgive us for all the ways that we use our energy, our creativity, our ingenuity to create elaborate excuses about how we're too busy to let our lives be fully consumed by your amazing grace. God, where we have been held in past behaviors or places of reluctance because of hurt, would you heal us?
Where we think we need more information or equipping, would you give us courage to trust? And where we have become so busy, we have lost the ability to create time for you, would you slow us with your presence and your spirit? For this we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. In a moment, we'll stand together for our closing hymn of faith. We want to extend to you uh, the opportunity to become a member of Kingwood Methodist Church. You can do that by talking to Clint or me. We would love to spend time, help you know where to get to connected. Reminder to you, as you leave, that connect form is on the table outside. Take a look at it. Pray about it. Let us know where we can get you connected. Help us if you would, if you haven't filled out that card that talks about the way you would participate with us, supporting the work of the church. Please do that. Please turn it in the basket outside or to the office as well. But most importantly, know this. No one's life was changed because you came to church, but everything outside the doors, which both open to welcome you and open to send you, everything outside those doors can change if you will give your life to Christ.